Hello and welcome back to Football Gentron, the only English language podcast dedicated to Armenian football. I am your host, Adam, and I am joined here by the usual suspects in Chadens and Armen. How are you, gentlemen? Excited. Yeah, hyped up. News. <laughs> we got, yeah, a lot of meat. We got a lot of good stuff to cover today. A lot more substance today than just general news. Uh, and we're just going to dive mm. right into it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Let's start off in European competition. The Armenian clubs uh, this past week began their European journeys, as they always do around this time of year. And we will start in the UEFA Champions League, where Alashkert took on Connor Key's Nomads. It's not Quay, which how I had previously pronounced it in the last episode that we were discussing this. I'm not sure how Q-U-A-Y makes the key pronunciation, but whatever. Um, after getting a 2-2 draw away in Wales, which... I came to find out later through uh, our conversation with the 94th minute on Twitter that this isn't even wasn't even Connor Key, uh, Connor Key's normal stadium. Uh, it was a really weird pitch. I know Armin had a lot of complaints about this. I'll let him get into it. Um, and Alashket got out of there with a two-all draw, uh, which realistically should have been more. Uh, but fortunately, when Alashket got back home uh, in Yerevan uh, after extra time. They were victorious with a 1-0 win. And Alashkert are now through to the next round of the UEFA Champions League qualifiers. Um, before we get into the uh, repercussions of this victory, uh, let's talk about the game a little bit. Anman, what are your thoughts on Alashkert's performances over both legs? Over both legs? Okay, yeah, that's a different question. Because... Uh... Yeah, during the first leg, it was more of a pitch kind of thing, as you said earlier. But in the second leg, you could tell Alashkert was, I don't know, they were kind of like freezing out. Uh, they they couldn't control the game the way they should have. They were superior, but they didn't make it like they should have. And... and it's baffling, it's it's puzzling, it's weird, because Alashkert can do better and should have done better. Uh, but I have to say it was a merit for the, the Welshmen. They were a very tough side, and they knew that they weren't going to have possession of the ball. So they went strong with that tactic. They fought hard for every single ball, and that's why it took Alashkert so so much uh, to make it through, but eventually they they got it done, and uh, they they have a lot to work on before the next yeah. round. Yeah, and you could tell there was a lot of rust um, mm-hmm. that month off in between, you know, winning the league and beginning preseason. Uh, it, you could tell that Alexander Gugarian has still not imposed his style on this team at all. Um, they look very, very rusty. And honestly, and we have to be honest here, there was a lot of like poor luck. Uh, if if Alashke yeah. was a little more lucky, I think this scoreline wasn't going to be this close because they hit the post, I want to say, between the two legs like four times. So yeah, that's... The, the, the Nomads goalie, the, the Kaneski Kanes- 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 goalie was uh, outstanding, really. 
Yeah, and, and and we should also point out that in the first match, Alashkit was playing their backup goalkeeper, not David Yurchenko. Oh, yeah. And we should also speak about how both of those goals were direct errors from the goalkeeper. I, yep. I the first one was um, oh, I can't I can't remember the first goal off the top of my head, but the second one was was off a corner kick or a free kick. He grabs the ball and as he's coming down, his his elbow hits into an Alashkit player and he drops the ball. And they just tap it into an empty net. It's like it was really, really, really bad mistake. So I mean, amateur if, mistakes. Yeah, a- a- amateur mistakes from an amateur goalkeeper. And realistically, if you take those out, which you could see in the second match, Yurchenko was in goal. Nothing got through him. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you're looking at three nil win versus three two, or even with the post hits, you're looking at a potential six nil. So this this could have been uh, a route easily, but it wasn't. Uh, difference. we have now looking into the next match, Alashkert are going to be playing against Sheriff, uh, the only good team in Moldova. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, first game is going to be this Tuesday. I think by the time this episode comes out, the first leg would have already be done. Uh, we know Sheriff are very good. They stomped their first round opposition like 7-0 or something between both legs. What does Alashkert have to do to get through? One of the things is what you said with the goalkeeper. They cannot afford to make these kind of mistakes. Because uh, I was saying this uh, off the podcast, if I remember, uh, that how these uh, European games are very uh, crucial because we, us small teams have to play from way early. Uh, so every single game counts. They cannot afford these kind of mistakes. They have to play more uh, direct and more uh, clinical. And also, uh, the away goal might play a role again. Um, The one with the previous game, because the first one, uh, they since they scored two away goals, they could have gone through even if it stayed nil-nil in the full time uh, but they had to play extra time so these small details will make a big difference yeah and and we now I think shifting maybe away from the gameplay and just directly to how it overall plays into you know Alashkit's path in Europe as we previously discussed Winning in this first game was super crucial because now Alashkert practically have a, a guaranteed set path to the Conference League if they want. Uh, if if they are were to lose to Sheriff in this next round, which would be the second round of Champions League, Alashkert are going to drop into the Europa League playoff round. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty big, honestly. So and and that's just one leg. Well, I mean, that's just one set of matches that if you win, I mean, you're you're through. So it's oh my wait my apologies. Not the Europa League playoff crowd. They go to the Europa League Champions Path third qualifying round. I hope that makes sense to most people. <laughs> yeah. So because you have to look at it, the Champions League's top, Europa League is second, Conference League is third, and when you start in the Champions League and you lose. In the first round, you go down to Conference League. 
But if you go through like Alashkep did, and then you lose, you go to Europa League. So hypothetically, if they were to lose to Sheriff, they go to the third round of Europa League. There's four four rounds total. Mm-hmm. If they lose in the Europa League, they go to the Europa. They go to the Conference League playoffs, where they literally just have to win in a playoff, and that's it. And they and they're into the Conference League. So right now. What's looking best for them is even if they are to lose and then they lose in the Europa League, they are guaranteed at this moment a Conference League playoff match. Anman, can you explain to us a little bit about the why is that so crucial? Because I feel like I'm having a hard time trying to convey that message to people. I've been looking, listen, I've been looking over the Europa League champions path uh, potential rivals for Alaskert and honestly it's not looking any better <laughs> really no so, it's it's not uh, easy yeah it's not easy th- let's go over some of the teams Olympiakos Young Boys uh Dinamo Zagreb from Croatia Malmo but we will be talking about Malmo in a little bit uh Cluj from Romania of course Sheriff uh that they are going to be facing now and Legia Warsaw from Poland. Those are very hard teams. But then again, there's Momo, there's Red Star uh, from Belgrade that actually Ararat Armenia played last year and they did not look at all shabby. So some of the teams are uh, manageable. But I don't know, man. I'm, but it's difficult. Uh, because exactly. there, are, there are teams that go to group stages in the Champions League. That <laughs> exactly. All of them have been to group stages. Olympiagos usually goes to the group stages. Uh, what's the other one? Legia Warsaw usually goes yeah. to the, uh, the group young stages. Boys. Young boys, uh, young boys they're, always, they're always in Europa League. Young boys, I, always Dinamo, for Zagreb, sure. always in Champions League. Yeah, I think I think that um you also have to look at because they're in the Champions path of Champions League. Uh, there's two paths. There's main path and Champions path. You get the Champions path by obviously exactly. being the champion. Um, there is still teams that are coming from the second round of qualifiers up. Uh, so there is a possibility that they can get an easier team, someone that's gotten lucky, but. Realistically, I mean, if we're looking at this, if, if Alashkert was to not get past Sheriff and they're going to go down to the Europa League, I think I think we're looking at I think we're looking at Conference League playoffs for them. Because exactly. I, yeah. Unless, unless they draw against, I don't know, I don't know how good Mura is, but <laughs> unless they you know <laughs> play a team like Mura or or Flora, uh, oh, I yeah. I don't I don't see it happening. And of course, we we know. Sheriff is really good, and and As I believe usual, it's gonna it's gonna depend on the draw. Uh, yeah. and especially for a team like like that, uh, in my opinion, is not at all better than Ararat Yerevan. Alashket depends a lot on draws. Yeah, and and I and I think I think it would be safe to say that this is probably going to be the best chance Armenia is going to get. Until next year, or for oh, the best chance ever, maybe to get into European competition, because like we said, Alashke can literally lose their next four matches and still be in a playoff. So it's 
Oh man, I don't know. I I don't mean, know. The same the same path is gonna be next year and the year after that, and yeah. for as long as a conference league is uh, in play, and uh, so that's gonna remain the same. But Armenian, the Armenian Premier League is picking up its game big time, and we're gonna go over that as well today. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I don't know if it's gonna be the best shot for Armenian teams this year. Uh, but it, it, it's still pretty solid. Yeah, I, I, yeah it, it is. And, and while well, we can touch on what you were talking about, uh, Armin's referencing the coefficients, uh, which is what's used to dictate um, everything, basically. Everything. Every, so, everything. It's everything. Oh, no. And and I'm also talking about the transfers. Armenian Premier League is yeah. going Getting at Getting better it. players. And so oh, just, definitely. So just quickly discuss coefficients. Uh, here's an explanation. Mm-hmm. So the performance of clubs at club competition level dictates where the clubs enter into European competition. Right now, Armenia has a coefficient point of 7.250 overall and our 39th place within the total UEFA, which out of like 50 something uh, nations. If Armenia were to get to the 35th place, which means realistically, it's like, honestly, if Alashkert wins two more matches, not even ties, like games within the next four or six legs, we we get that. You know, we'll have enough points to get there. But obviously, the tougher the competition, the better coefficient points you get. So <laughs> if Alashkit are to get like a 1-0 result against Sheriff, our coefficient is going to go up a lot. And if we move up four spaces we get a conference league second round entrance. So our cup winners, who this year was Ararat Yerevan, would enter into the conference league in the second round and not have to play the first round matches. So the better your clubs perform in Europe, the essentially more you're you're rewarded. That's why you see uh, in Champions League, for example, uh, the teams that win La Liga and the teams that win Bundesliga and even their second and third places all go straight into the group stage because they have the highest coefficients. Mm-hmm. So, Which is something difficult to get. By the way, this is also uh, applied to the national team, just so you know. Uh, it's the same. If the national teams also perform well, yeah. the, we you still get more coefficiency, uh, exactly. coefficient points, always. It's always about the nation performing well. That's why uh, the na- national team is indirectly um, better that they perform uh, there too. Mm-hmm. So just to round up, Alashkert versus Sheriff of Moldova. The first leg is going to be played this Tuesday, July 20th, by the time you're listening to this match. I'm uh, Sorry, by the time you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> that game should be over. Uh, and hopefully we don't, hopefully, you know, Alashkert were able to get a result. And then the second leg is going to be Wednesday, July 28th. And that it will be away in Moldova. So hopefully Oshkert can do it. Uh, quickly, in Champions League, while we're here, we have a couple of players that are currently in qualifiers, or were in qualifiers, I could say. Uh, Edgar Babayan with Riga lost 1-2 against Malmo. Uh, it, was, it was a nil, but they lost 1-0 at home and then drew one all away. Uh, so Riga and Babayan are now in the Conference League because they lost in the first round of the Champions League. Elsewhere, uh, Kairat Almaty of Kazakhstan, with our boy Kamohovanesi on the Speed Demon, uh, defeated Israeli side Maccabi Haifa 3-1 on aggregate. 
and move on to the second round. So, uh, where pretty you good know, for them. pretty good for them. But then now they face uh, Red Star Belgrade. Okay, who, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> who can oh, potentially it's... be? They're beatable though. They're very beatable they, because Kyra yeah. is a very good team. But they're an obstacle, definitely. Yeah. No doubt they're an obstacle. Armin, you have some thoughts on that? <laughs> About Kairat, it's going to be pretty pretty tight. Uh, it's, mm. Yeah, it's, it, it's a nice matchup. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think it's a 50-50. And uh, then, then there is... Edgar Babayan situation we should talk about. I don't know if you were thinking about uh, discussing it now or later, but yeah, yeah. I definitely want to go into that. Go ahead. Because, well, for starters, uh, going over the, the matchup between Riga and Malmo, it was very close, and Malmo is a Scandinavian giant as well. So, one, uh, you know, who would have thought that a newly established uh, Baltic, like from Latvia, uh, side like Riga would be so close to a trademark like it's Malmo? Uh, and they almost beat them. Uh, so that leaves me pretty confident about what Riga can do in the Conference League next round. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Now we should talk about Edgar Babayan's specific situation because he is basically at Riga. He's uh, like the first sub. He's not a starter. He does play, but is not a starter. So mm-hmm. he's he has got like an average of 15 to 30 minutes per game. That's not bad. But then again, it's Riga. It's, it's not a competitive league or all that much of a competitive league. Uh, so, I don't know. He is supposed uh, to go to leave for Cyprus uh, to play for Paphos FC uh, by next season, by the upcoming season. And he, in our opinion, we're seeing that he's been waiting uh, see how far Riga can make it in the UEFA competitions before he leaves. So it's going to be interesting to see what he decides to do if Riga makes it to Conference League group stages. Because as Charent said uh, during the earlier episodes, uh, his current site, Riga, and Paphos FC from Cyprus are owned by the same company. So would they let him stay at Riga if they make it to Conference League group stages? And what would he decide to do? And how would that impact on the national team? Well, uh, Riga have been drawn against uh, North Macedonian side Shkendia, uh, who they yeah, will be facing favorites. in the Conference League. And they, Riga are favorites. Uh, and like you said, honestly... Having any Armenian play in European competition is always going to be a bonus to them. So I think if Riga were to qualify, it, w- it he likely will stay. And as you said, of course, he's not a starter. And that could always change uh, exactly. depending on his performances. But mm-hmm. I think it would be very likely that he would stay. Because I, I, if, you know, knowing Riga's ownership situation, it's the same owner mm-hmm. as Paphos. Uh, they would want to have the, the best possible chance of doing well in European competition. So I could see him staying. 
Yeah, but what would it be preferable for as a national as an Armenian national team fan, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, would we rather see him play 30 minutes uh, of Conference League, not even Europa League? It's going to be mm-hmm. Conference League, 30 minutes every two weeks for six games, mm-hmm. or would we rather see him fight for starting place in a much more competitive league like the Cypriot League? I the weekend. Personally, to me, European competition is European competition. If you look at the the, the teams that are already in the playoffs for the Conference League, uh, it's not they're they're you know Tottenham is there you know <laughs> already, so they can potentially play up against some big clubs. But I I don't know. That's just me personally. In, in my eyes, I don't see much of a difference between Latvia and Cyprus. Honestly, oh, I, I mean, do. we can look at coefficients, whatever. But realistically. If you're outside of the top 20, which both of these leagues definitely are outside of the top 20 leagues in Europe, the differences are honestly minimal. And and uh, you could talk about, okay, yeah, we have like Omonia Nicosia, who is historically, obviously not right now, a very good team that, you know, you would see them in the Champions League. Uh, they, or they were they're actually in the Champions League and they're, uh, oh, they you, won the league. Yeah, <laughs> well, there you, you got- go. You got Tapoel, you uh, got Domonia, uh, you got I think uh, Apoel was the one I was, I was trying to think of, the ones <laughs> that are not and... as good anymore. <laughs> so, I'm just saying a lot of these teams are... I'm just saying a lot of these teams are dominated by by one team. A lot of these leagues are dominated by one team. Riga happens to be the one in in Latvia. It's a big fish, yeah, small pond situation. But that is not the case in Cyprus. That's that's my point. That's exactly the thing. That And that's why... I don't see I wouldn't see it like a bad move for him to to go to Cyprus even if they do qualify for conference league with Riga because and especially considering he will play 30 minutes uh in only 6 games tops. Yeah. Um, but we're assuming he's guaranteed a starter position at Paphos which yeah, Actually, his contract uh, is I think he's bound to join anyway. I don't know what the contract of course July first uh, was what it was. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, it was, doesn't make it sense. It's supposed that's, to be in Cyprus already. Yeah, yeah that's I, weird. I don't know. Like you said, it's easy. It's same ownership, so it's easy for them to just bounce yeah. it back and forth. Probably, um, probably that's the case. Anyway, we got a we still have a lot to cover, so let's move on to the um, UEFA Europa Conference League, the new competition on the block. We will start with Ararat Yerevan who took on Fehervar of Hungary. Fehervar, we came later to find out, I don't know why we didn't look into this before, was the second highest coefficient team in the entire Conference League qualifiers. Mm-hmm. So, and Koops, who Noah plays, is the, was the highest rated oh, coefficient team. Look at that. Yeah, so Armina got the toughest draws. Realistically. So Maribor wasn't. Uh... Oh no, Marabor was sorry, and Coops was like in the top five. So okay, so we had basically all the the difficult all the, ones. All of the difficult ones, yeah. So let's start with Ararat Yerevan, who <laughs> I just saw Armin corrected something. I <laughs> uh, Ararat Yerevan had a fantastic two nil win in the second leg to unbelievably defeat Fehervar 3-1 on aggregate. Guys, 
we really like Fardan Bichakchan. We like the whole Bichakchan family. <laughs> this team, I think, is possibly right now the best team in Armenia. Hands down. Uh, because of the way the um the style of counterattacking football that Bichakchan has this Adarat team playing, they can beat anyone on any day, and that's just the fact. I mean, their last season was a little bit unfortunate, and I think with some of the transfer moves that Adarat made in the they, in the off season, they're they getting strong. Everything. Yeah, they got. So, Coach Vartan, and then half over half of the Coach Vartan's Shirak Kumri side. So that explains it. Yeah, and and now he has the personnel. He is still, of course, you know, trying to work it with the players that he had from last season, the new players he's bringing in this summer, and trying to find that balance. And I think he's finding it. Adarat will be playing against Slask. Vorklov <laughs> of Poland. Uh, this is what happens when you when you get to the Europa League and Conference League, man. It's all the all the weird name teams. <laughs> Europa actually has uh, sometimes they do an article on how to pronounce them. Yeah, actually, they should. They actually do this. On ours aren't either. Ours aren't difficult either. Alashkert. I'm sure people mispronounce <laughs> that one all the time. Yeah, but um, but at least we got the the proper ways to pronounce each letter. Yeah, exactly. Which makes it easier, not like uh, Schlask Vlorklaw yeah. spelled Slask Vlorklaw. Yeah, um, Poland is a whole different game, man. Yeah, Poland is a whole different game. Well, <laughs> speaking of games, uh, Ararat scored screamers against Fehervar. I mean, in the first game, we had that crazy strike uh, in the 90th minute, that equalizer after Karem Muradian had this like crazy dribble shimmying past a couple players. Um, and there was a nice free kick goal in the second leg. Like, they're scoring some nice goals, man. Um, we're looking at now that they're going to be playing Polish opposition. Uh, Slask, more Vlorklaw. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> just going to call him Slask, just to make it easier for the me. Poles. The Poles. Armen, how do you see Ararat handling this? How do you see the approach to playing a team like this, is he going to change? Is Bichakchan going to change up his style? Is he just going to stay true to the counterattack? And do you think Adarat are going to go through? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, long story <laughs> short, <laughs> long story short, man, uh, Adarat is any Bichakchan team, any Bichakchan coach team is so exciting to see because they got Fervar, formerly Videoton, uh, uh, Central European giant too, uh, and it was total domination. It was insane. It was beautiful to see an an Armenian team uh, with Armenian players mostly dominate absolutely a Central European giant. It was insane. And and if we're talking about Slash for a club, um, <laughs> oh, that's how it's pronounced. Masterclass in pronunciation. Thank you, my man. Yeah, uh, apparently they're not all that better in UEFA coefficient terms than Fervar, and why should they? Uh, even if the Polish league is slightly better than the Hungarian one, uh, they're not that much different in terms of level. I don't know precisely how the Poles play, but I am confident that Coach Vartan will assess their 
current opposition properly. And uh, we got to go over our players a little bit because they are a very exciting lineup. Yes, uh, let's 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 actually take a look at Adara Yerevan's club a little bit and just get an idea Jeez. of who their current players are. So if we're talking about Armenian players right now, players that we know that we'll recognize right away. Uh, Garem Muradian, Armenian national team player, of course. He's everything that is right in this world. I agree. I love I love him so much. I Which, He's a player that looks story. like he's never... He's never going to leave Armenia, it looks like. You know, he's never going to be take that leap. One but, of those, isn't it? Yeah, he's one of those. But again, like we have uh, like we have Artak Grigorian, who is the same exact thing. And <laughs> look at how yeah, important but, he bro, is for Armenia. Garim uh, Muradian, I think we've, I've mentioned this earlier uh, when we discuss uh, national team call-ups. But Garim Muradian actually stopped playing, like put a hold his football professional career for two whole years and now look at him yeah he's been he's been he's been wonderful uh, another player edgar malakian one of the and gord malakian both the malakian brothers um who on their good days are great especially gord malakian yeah um, and i gord really like him one of the one of the reinforcements Yes, he is one of the reinforcements. Another, we'll get into the reinforcements. There's a big one there. Uh, David Manoyan, former Armenian national team player, right over there. Man, he's he's champagne. He's absolutely <laughs> yeah, elegant. Yeah, so good. Uh, Huray Mukoyan, Armenian national team central defender. He's the captain of this Ara Yerevan side. He has many caps for the Armenian national team. Um and we love him. Another player I love that I think was completely underrated, Alik Arakelian. They have him in midfield as an option. Um, a, a player that I've seen pointed out a lot for his mm. performances, Jiraid Margarian, the yes. fullback. Uh, Armenia yes. under 21 player right now? Something like no, that? No, he's, he's 23. It, that's young. That's yeah. young. And he got actually uh, last season's APL best fullback uh mm -hmm. so uh yeah he's got like his whole career ahead of him we will focus on him as time goes but i think that if not this season or the next he is looking for a pretty promising uh career in europe once his contract runs out or whatever yes uh so he don't be surprised if you see him get a national team call-up. That's a, We're just going to throw that out there. Please. Uh, last but not least, a non-Armenian player, but at this point should just join the national team because uh, he would be <laughs> cool. Mori Kone, <laughs> yeah. the, the Ivorian striker, who is literally, like, insane. Like, there's no reason why this guy should be playing in Armenia. He, the two strikers. And, and then there's uh, the repatriation of Serge Deble. Are we talking about Popolich? <laughs> no, no, Serge Deble, like uh, he played in Armenia. I think it was in Shirak. Uh -huh. But then yeah, he did play in Shirak. He yes. then went like all over Europe to huge leagues, and he played had a pretty he, successful career. Yeah, so and now let he's me, back. Let me tell you, who he's played for. He's he's played for Charlton Athletic. He was Whoa. there for three years. He's played for Angers. He's played for Nantes. Yeah, he's played yeah, for Frankie. He's played. 
I mean, he had a stint in Armenia with Shidok, where he played, where he did really well, actually. 15 yeah, notable names. Games. Uh, was, actually, he, went, he, was, he was coached by Varta Michachchan in Shirak. He played with Bahan in that insane team. Got him Muradian as well. Yeah, I believe that's the same. That's the Shirak team that came and played the LA Galaxy <laughs> in a friendly here uh, in LA. Yeah. He was, I believe he was involved in that. Um, and now we, we can talk about the reinforcements that they've brought in. So three transfers so far. Uh, Gor Malakian, uh, Robert Darbinian in defense. Ooh. And the big one in midfield, Eric Vardanian. No, e- Eric is actually went to Punic. Why is he listed as a thing player? Oh, he did that's, go to Punic. Yeah, that's just wrong. But oh, I forgot, was it Darbinian you just said? Yes, Robert Darbinian. That's another class fullback to reinforce defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's I, what we I, need. I've been saying it from the start. Yep. I he, remember Gordon and Darpinian went like on a package sale from Punic <laughs> to, to to Ararat. Mm-hmm. Man, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. They, they can uh, definitely they can definitely make it through. He has Darpinian hasn't gotten any play time like at all in the last year. I mean, he had some plays for Urardu, some games here and there, but he's not going to be as fit as we would like him to be. But again, you also have non-Armenian players in this team, like Pobolic, the Serb, who has been, yeah, I mean, great. fantastic. You have Igor Very Stanovic, important. who's been great. You, and you Bravo, have another fullback. Juan Bravo, who's been great. Uh, I, think, I remember the, the commentator, the narrator for the game. He was, he was like, bravo, bravo. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but he did play, play great, really. Yes, and so we can look at this Ararat side and we could say Browse. they can do bits. Um, and hopefully <laughs> we see them succeed against uh, Shlask Vlokhlov. Yeah. Like, I know, man. Dude, it's, sat- it's Saturday morning. Uh, you're putting these like Eastern European names in front of me. It's it's a little difficult. Um, anyway, moving on to the next match, Urardu faced Marabor, who is the second-highest coefficient uh, in the UEFA Conference League, and were edged so out close. 1-0 both home and away. And both goals were honestly avoidable. Um, Arardu played well, but it, it felt like it felt like the typical Armenian problem and and it's an issue we see in the national team and it's an issue we see at the club level it's that final ball that final pass that the final shot yeah, the clinical the execution finishing. it sucks it's terrible urardu literally did everything right they would get the ball into that final third and then they would just either make a really dumb decision would lose the ball because they're not making their decision fast enough would cross it and it would be a terrible cross or would take a shot that would just go into Rosette. Terrible decision making, and just it, it, I don't I don't know what it is because you you look at this Urardu side and you look at the coach Arzumanian, who we had previously mentioned, former Armenian national team central defender, a guy we loved a lot, you know, when he was a player, uh, and he's doing very very good as a coach. They're missing what I just based off what I've seen, a true number ten. Armenian clubs have been really relying on their wingers to bring in that creativity. Uh, That's the case for every Armenian club right now. Um, 
and they're really missing a real number 10. And I think if Urardu can play with a true number 10, I think they can be a really great team. Uh, Chadens, what do you think about Urardu and their shortcomings against Maribor? Well, okay, so Maribor is obviously, like we said, a difficult uh, uh, opponent. But, like you said, uh, with the final ball and the relying on wingers, the 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 usually the attackers that we look at that we usually cover most common thing is that they play abroad and we need to be focusing more on developing uh those midfielders who are the scoring type the most attacking type something like vahan but we're not really going to get into vahan uh going to an armenian club i don't know if you guys agree with me or not uh, but uh, this is becoming a difficulty. And for Urardu, as a club which is uh, coined by Armen, I believe, uh, the Ajax of the Govgazes, I think we need to yeah. develop more. Uh, we need to be able to develop more uh, players there. Um, which, by the way, they're getting a new stadium, as we've heard. Yep. Which I think is weird because they're like the only team that has their own stadium that they don't share. <laughs> so, I mean, I think give a, give a stadium to any other team. Uh, but like we said, it was good. It was promising. I think it, it showed a lot that they kept Marabor to a 1-0 in both matches. Uh, Urardu's was defensive yep. work was very good. They were able to hold possession a lot. The first match, I believe it was a, it was a direct mistake in the back that it was an easy tap-in goal. Uh, and then the second one, Maribor had to work a little bit for. But again, I think you give Arzumani on time. You give him, you know, a, a good number 10. And I think we're going to see a lot coming from this Urardu side very soon. Next up, we have Noah versus Koops. Um, Noah had a very, very good performance at home. And they came up 1-0. Uh, for from a spectacular own goal uh, <laughs> after a Petros Avetisian cross, and then they went off way to Coops, where what happened, Armen? They got trashed. <laughs> they got demolished. Um, it was an open slaughter. The definition of an open <laughs> game. The second game was literally the definition of an open game. Uh, frustrating. Really, because Noah, or should I say Noah, um, bad pun. Okay, <laughs> it was, they were in the game for the first half an hour until the third goal. Noah could have scored and tied the game when it was uh, 2-0, but then again, they missed very easy chances and said and done you know you miss a game in such uh, you miss an opportunity a sitter in mm-hmm. such an open game that is basically defined by counters you're gonna be countered and scored on and they did three nil four nil fine five nil and it could have been even worse uh, they just went all in and miserably failed. 
Yeah, and and I think uh, this is something that I that I pointed out on Reddit after full time. This is a great example on how cheaping out on certain aspects of the game is going to exactly. get you stomped on. Noah has all of the funds and all of the resources, just as good as Arada Armenia, and they're both making the same exact mistakes. They are both making the mistakes by not taking their coach too seriously. I was going to say the same. They need to start selecting actual coaches. I don't think uh, an under-18 coach or a fourth-division Russian coach is going to get you anywhere. I was going to get into that. Go go ahead. So give us your opinion, Armin. Both Noah and uh, FCAA, Ararat Armenia, are rich, you know, filthy rich. And but they're linked to Russian uh, spheres. And and we know very well, sadly, how shady and short-sighted the post-Soviet inversion uh, world works. You know, it's basically a lot of funds like pumped in all of a sudden, but miserably implemented and and without long-term thinking that's basically the difference between noah and and ararat armenia and say urartu and ararat yerevan that are two teams that have basically european armenian capital Uh, everything has to do with everything and and the way people are brought up the way people understand finances, uh, politics, and all that stuff, it's going to make a difference. And if you don't approach your, your your club with serious projects, you're just going to fail. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head there, and I don't think there's really anything more that we can add to it. It was it was honestly like disgraceful, realistically. That, that there, there's a reason why Urartu has achieved so much. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting, but no, no, there's no. a reason. Oh, there's a reason why Urartu has achieved so much with UEFA, and still keeps getting like investments in. Mm-hmm. They are smart. You you gotta play it smart. Yeah, and they're just not doing it. And and I I think they have the resources to change that. Both Noah and Arara Armenia, and they need to sooner rather than later. Um, and because if Noah doesn't, they're gonna end up just like Arara Armenia, not in Europe. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, Arara Armenia spent the most money out of any team, and so did Noah out of any team. And why is that's, Arara? That's disgraceful. Yeah, why is Ararat Yerevan performing better than you? Why is Alashkid? How the how did Alashkid perform better than you? Come on, Alashkid's half of Alashkid's team is over thirty. It's good coaching, man. Comes down to good coaching. If you don't have a good coach, it's not going to happen. Exactly. Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, Armenian players in the Conference League. Uh, MSK Jelina, where our boy Vahan Bichakshan plays, uh, went through with a six-three aggregate win win over Dilagori. Uh, 5-1 and a 1-2 loss. Uh, Vahan scored a penalty in each game. So Vahan has two goals in the UEFA Conference League. Out of the six. Out of, out of, yeah, out of the six goals. So that's our boy Vahan. We love him. Uh, more goals for him. Uh, and they will now be facing against Apollon uh, in the Conference League next round. 
elsewhere some Armenians playing around Europe. Uh, Udo and Najarian, who play for uh, Shakhtar in Kazakhstan, will be playing Stao Bucharest uh, for so Romania. So lucky. Yeah, in, um, <laughs> in the Conference League. I don't know how that one's going to work out for them, but <laughs> whatever. But it's going to be a good matchup for for our boys that actually it's funny because they share the de- defensive midfield at their mm-hmm. Kazakhstani team they're going to play uh, a Romanian powerhouse and we have Romania in uh, as our national team group rivals yes and i i bet i'm sure that there's got to be a couple of Romanian national team players at Chawa probably i was going to say so. about the 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 them playing a away at the start is going to be an advantage or whatever but with the new rules I, I don't see how uh how that's going to work out yeah and oh touching on that i don't know if we'd mention it but yeah there's no more away goals in european competition uefa scrapped the rule um it's it, people argue that is it's a win for bigger clubs um but i mean realistically if you scored an even even amount of goals between both legs Go to extra time um, and and just finish it there. The I mean, football thrill to... is just gone, basically. The yeah, football they... thrill is gone. That thrill of uh, scoring one more goal just so that it can mm-hmm. give you a boost, it's yeah. kind of gone in yeah, a way. The yeah, it's going to favor. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it favors bigger or smaller teams, but it's definitely going to make out of football a more conservative uh, and game. Considering that we are Armenian uh, teams that we're not like Barcelona and these uh, massive clubs. Uh, we don't really have two, three squads to play with. So if we have one player relying on uh, a few players, um, let's suppose that we go to extra time. Th- that player that we rely on is going to get tired and it's going to get difficult. And in the long run, it's going to affect the the player's uh, fitness. That's how I see it. Yeah, and so. then there's the, 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 the play style factor I wanted to get into because let's focus on the two remaining teams in Europe. We got Alashgert in Champions League and Ararat in Conference League, right? They are, and if at Football Kentron, we agree that Ararat as of now is uh, like generally objectively better than Alashgert, but they their play styles are very, very different. Alashgert focuses a lot of uh, counter-attacking football. And Ararat can play counter, but is mostly comfortable with the ball. And uh, we were talking about conservative game. Well, that fits Ararat way better than it does for Alashgert. Yeah. And then there's play style applied to the opposing side because Alashgert are going to be playing as of now, in the in the upcoming round, Sheriff Tiraspol from Moldavia that are pretty much better than Alashkert, so they will have to rely on counter-attacking football. And that's, in my opinion, we got the game this week, the first leg, mm-hmm. so we will see right away if Alashkert can capitalize on their strong suit, letting Sheriff control the ball, get it out of them with uh, our boy, the lion, Arta Gregorian in the middle and open it up for a counter, deadly counters like David Davidians. Yep. Uh, so just to summarize here, Alashkert are through to the second round of the UEFA Champions League qualifiers and they will be facing Sheriff and Ararat Yerevan, Ararat Yerevan 
have progressed in the UEFA Conference League to the second round, where they will be facing Schlask Vorklaw, and Urardu and Noah are out. So that wraps <laughs> it up for our... <laughs> no, we did. We had to let them know, just in case they were confused. <laughs> uh, that wraps up European competition for Armenian clubs. We are going to move on and speak about some Armenian players around the globe. Uh, Chadens, what's happening in your neck of the woods in Cyprus? Hampart Sumian uh, lost the Super Cup, the Super Football Club, uh, but uh, he had a wonderful assist. I watched that goal. It was over and over. It was really nice. <laughs> uh, what I also checked was more important for me is that um, if he signed, if he extended his contract and yeah. uh, transfer market shows that he did, there's no official confirmation that I can find from the club or any other source. But transfer market as a big good source, it shows that he's extended it, which is good. And, yeah, and it makes sense because uh, he's. His contract was supposed to expire last month, yep. and uh, he's already played an official game. So, exactly. Um, yep. Moving on in France, Armen, we have someone there now, right? Who, who is he? Yes. What's going on? Have we, oh, we love him. This is so exciting. Uh, second preseason in a row for our boy future stars of Armenian football. We, we're going to shout out ourselves because we're doing a wonderful job. Thor uh, <laughs> Manvelian, Artsakh Seaborn, uh, raised in France, striker, tall, fast, smart, talented. He's the whole thing. He's 20 years old alone. He's very young even. And he has had finally a starting debut at a friendly game, but starting nonetheless uh, for Nantes. You might have known about him for a while if you follow us because we have been talking about him. Well, finally, he's getting his big break, although not officially yet. But everything points out he is going to be part of Nantes' uh, first team this season even if as a sub doesn't matter for us uh he's 20 years old this is this is insane and especially his first uh starting performance was with a win for Nantes in the breton uh derby against gungam one nil for his side it's pronounced it's pronounced Thinking um, like your French uh, woman. Yeah, uh, that's not what the meme is, but okay. Uh, <laughs> Gorman Velian, uh, we love so him here. I'm so excited about this. As it's soon as he starts, exciting. he's still young. As soon as he starts getting senior football minutes, we can very much expect to see him in the national team picture. Uh, Ottoman and I speculated that Monvelian was the player that was mentioned um, by like the Papa Football Bush. Federation. Yeah, but but specifically Melik Setian, who said that there was a player that they wanted to call up, uh, but Kaparos felt he wasn't fully ready yet, and uh, we suspect it was Mon- by the way. Yeah, a good assessment, but also uh, my argument, as we had this in our group chat the other day, I said I think the longer you have a player like Gord in your senior national team, mm-hmm. the, the he can get comfortable faster. And he can play for Armenia for a longer period of time. But yeah, of course, then again, timing is essential. And in my opinion, 
if everything goes as planned because as i said earlier it looks as it's finally happening for him yeah but last season wasn't it clearly he was he was a part of nant's second team mm-hmm. and now he's gonna be with the first team uh most chances are are indicating that uh we will have to wait and see still we don't want to get our ahead of ourselves but everything looks good for him to become a sub during this yes. season so the timing is now speaking of other players who um are looking to make the jump from the second to the first team. Eduard yes. Spertian is also in full uh, preseason with the Krasnodar first team. Uh, and he is now, uh, was in their like kit launch promotion thing with Beautiful. Puma. Beautiful. Um, you know, so he's one of the faces of the campaign. And it, it looks like he's not going to be frozen out anymore. I think... The Krasnodar realized that it would be very stupid to freeze out a immensely talented number 10 like Spertian uh, just because he wants to play for Armenia. And now he does play for Armenia. So, haha. Um, <laughs> you can't stop it, baby. You, you can't, can't stop, stop it. it. He did it and he scored. So you would look even more stupid if you, you know, freeze a kid like this out. And and it looks like it's going to be a very similar situation with uh, like Gore. He will probably yeah. be on the bench. Uh, but he will he will get minutes. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And oh, it doesn't he, matter. It doesn't matter. He'll he'll get minutes. He'll get minutes. It's it's exactly. that's not a doubt. The yeah. thing is for me, what what's my concern is that uh, he keeps it going. Like they don't they don't. It's yeah. it's not just about freezing. Like they just let yeah. him play. You know. Yeah. Like oh, it's well, not just limiting him. Let the kids it's, it's play. It's one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one mm-hmm. thing to make. It's one thing to make it, and it's a whole different thing to keep it. Exactly. Uh, so hopefully Manvelan and Spertian can keep it. Uh, moving on to someone who has made it and has made it repeatedly, and now we could really say he's made it. Varzdat uh, Haroyan has made his friendly debut for La Liga side Cadiz, and he has left a pretty good impression. Anmen, tell us a little bit about his performance. Uh, who doesn't love Vato? It's a rhetorical question because the answer is nobody. Um, <laughs> wow, man. <laughs> Everybody loves Vato. We got to start a show called that. Uh, seriously, solid in defense, even though it wasn't that much of a hard uh, opposition yet. But what Kadi's fans and uh, neutral fans didn't know, but we did, is he's ball possession IQ. They were impressed by the way Vato moved with the ball, passed the ball. Like, we know all of this and more about our beloved captain and now the Spanish uh, strikers will. So Messi uh, and company look out. He's coming. Yes, and um, another player that's coming and who has arrived... Norberto Briasco Balakian, who, uh, much to the dismay of Tito, who is not here. It seems like every time we talk about him, Tito's not in the episode. A little weird, right? Conspiracy theory. Uh, <laughs> Briasco made his full debut uh, for Boca Juniors in a Copa Libertadores match, which is the South American Champions League um, insane tournament. Uh, 
and he looked really solid overall. He was finding the spaces. Um, they just seemed a little bit off tempo. Briasco has um, scored a couple of goals in preseason games that that they've been playing behind closed doors. Um, yeah, but and, the opposition was entirely different. Yeah, and 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 he did sit out, as did a lot of starters actually in their one-all um, draw yesterday. Uh, yeah. Because it looks like there's the second leg of the Libertadores match coming up, which it, he looks set to start for. So, uh, yeah, very, very and exciting. And there. Besides, the, their opposition, Mineiro from Brazil, are, long story short, they're the best pre-qualified team to round of the 16. Mm-hmm. So, the nil-nil, and, and they even got a... Boca actually did get a... a goal ruled out by an, uh, a foul that didn't exist basically they yeah. should have won but, but even then keeping a clean sheet in south america where uh, away goals still count by the way is against the best pre-qualified team is not a small feat now they got uh, a way advantage if they score even one goal and don't lose they'll be through mm-hmm so look out for that. That match is going to be coming this week as well. Uh, and last but not least, uh, Henrik Mkhitaryan and Sargis Adamian have begun their preseason with their respective clubs, Roma and Hoffenheim. We had previously you know, t- talked about the possibility of them moving away, but it looks like both of them are just going to be settling in where they are. Yeah. So, I mean, look, in this list we just spoke about, and this was not even all the players. This was hardly any of the players. We spoke about a player who plays in Serie A, a Bundesliga player, someone who plays for the best club in Argentina, take that, Tino, <laughs> and, and <laughs> in Libertadores, a La Liga center back, Russian Premier League starlet, and league uh, striker. I mean, talk about some talent that Armenia has right now, right? Who would have thought? And the Cypriot, cha- and the Cypriot champion. Cyper- and Cypriot champion, hold on, is Hambar Zuman, who is honestly probably the most underrated Armenian footballer. He's like anyway. fine wine, isn't he? He is. He's been. He he's gotten much better, better the older time. he is. Yep. Let's move on to some transfers. Uh, not nearly as much to talk about as we would have hoped for. Um, Armen seems to disagree with me. Then I think that there's not going to be as many transfers as we had initially anticipated. We had a long list that we had previously mentioned, but um, some movements are happening of non-national team players here and there. Uh, but we do have a very, very big rumor. Uh, Chadens, Tigran Barcelian. Where is he linked to? <laughs> well, there's a there's a separate uh, phrase we say, but I'm not gonna say it. Uh, somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Uh, in a way, uh, yeah. I I don't trust this. I I really don't trust this source. Mm-hmm. Like, bro- <sighs> it's it's just Slovan Bratislava, okay. I, I I don't even like I didn't even want to say the name. It's just they I don't they, trust this story. So for people that don't know, Slovan Bratislava is the current champions of Slovakia. Uh, they are the team that edged out uh, our Vahan Bichakshan's Jelina side. So we had seen Tico linked to top five leagues. And suddenly he's having a medical for Slovan Bratislava, who, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and say this here. 
Astana is a much better team than Slovan Bratislava, in my opinion. It just doesn't make sense, by the way, without this, medical. It just doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, you cannot be in one place and do medical another place. Yeah, he apparently had a medical for Slovan, but then went and played a game the same day for Astana and scored a goal. I don't, I don't know. I don't believe this one. I don't, I don't know if it's me being stupid and me not wanting to believe it because I definitely don't. It was full thing. But it know. has been reported from a from a fairly reliable source in Armenia. But again, some stuff just aren't adding up here and there. Um, Slovan are in the Champions League. They have draw. They have. They're going to be playing as young boys. Um, which is like probably the worst draw they could have gotten. They're like probably out, honestly. Um, so we're looking at a con- another conference league team. I mean, <laughs> I would assume Slovan Bratislava would be able to qualify for the conference league. Yeah. Uh, but like, what? I, I just I just don't even know what to say, man. Armin, what do you I think? Do. I, I sadly do know what to say. There, there are good and bad things if he does end up moving, which is not even confirmed yet. So, But if he does uh, do that, he would be pulling a Babayan. Yeah. Not very short. I mean, yeah, a guy that, yeah, you know, a guy that, like, outdoes himself, shines and performs very well at a solid UEFA league, and is suddenly, but not coincidentally, linked to all these top five l- leagues, uh, like Babayan was back uh, in the previous season. He was going to go from Denmark to either Germany or Serie A, even if lower, lower uh, table clubs. He was going to make that jump. And all of a sudden, we find out he's going to Riga in Latvia most random choice he could have made. Well, same thing appears to be happening here. I don't know, man. I think it's short-term thinking. I don't know what it is. I, I don't I don't know. It, it, he's pulling a Babaya. Apparently, uh, Slovan are paying upwards of 2.5 million euros for him. Yeah, surely, they have the money. But surely, like, 2.5 million is a steal for Barcelona. I mean... And and uh, I mean I understand Slovan have a, an insane squad. They have Vladimir Vice as their one of the captains. Uh, they got two of the Georgian stars that played in the MLS, Serie A, Holland. They got a, another Dutch Eredivisie player. Uh, you know they they got some big names, but uh, still, that's what that's not what we would have hoped. Or well, even thought objectively. Well, they're actually currently managed by Vladimir Weiss, a uh, senior, yeah. uh, the one who just got fired from the Georgia job, part, partly due to Armenia. Oh, so um, that's how he got the Georgians for his team. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a few Georgians. They have a very international team. Uh, they have a lot yeah, of and, players from a lot of different countries. And it would be good to have two Armenian stars in a good league like Slovakia, but. but not for our top guns. Yeah, he could easily be playing elsewhere. I mean, he could easily, easily, easily be playing in a lower, a mid-table to lower half Serie A team. Easily. Mm-hmm. So I don't, mm-hmm. I, I personally don't get this move at all. Like, it just, this... Money. 
But you, surely a team in surely a team in Italy can pay you just as much. Surely. How much? How much? How much can a club in Slovakia pay you? Yeah, uh, but then there's there's uh, who in Italy or Germany would be willing to pay as much as Lovan? Because I believe that the teams that wanted him may not be those same ones in Italy or Germany that have actually that money. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I don't know. We'll see. It remains to be seen. Maybe by the time this episode is out, something will be officially announced or hopefully denounced. Um, uh, <laughs> hopefully. He hasn't he hasn't said anything on social media. He just keeps posting his really bad outfits on Instagram, <laughs> and that's about it. Uh, One thing is certain, though, he's almost gonna leave. He's basically leaving. We just yeah. don't know where. If I'm his wife, and you know the options were Italy. Or Slovakia, I would be really upset if he was not playing in Slovakia. And did you see the the celebration of his latest goal this weekend? I mean, I saw I saw him hug all of his teammates. So yeah, and and you could tell he was emotional. Yeah. So he's probably leaving, but hopefully not to Slovakia because that medical that that medical news was a little shady. Yeah. Anyway, moving on, Punic have gone. And signed the old and the young simultaneously. Uh, Insane. <laughs> Punic signed Gevor Glazarian, uh, who was a free agent after bouncing around between Greece and Cyprus, and Eric Vardanian, who was previously erroneously mentioned earlier in this episode, who uh, left the Premier League in a blaze after flipping the bird to the camera, uh, <laughs> had a very bad stint at Sochi. Who ended? And, yeah, just injuries galore. Was never fit. Never played. Played with the second team, and then they said we don't want you anymore, basically. And he is now a Punic player. So it's gonna be interesting to see if he actually plays or if he gets injured again. I mean, hopefully not. But uh, just making the Premier League slightly better. Uh, elsewhere, it is, yeah, it's like experience, having experience, and yeah. Having having these the young guys. Uh, speaking of experience, Alashkert actually, in my opinion, made a coup d'état of a signing. Uh, they <laughs> signed Agman Papikian and Levon Bayramian. Uh, Papikian, as you know, scored that fantastic goal that won Ararat Yerevan the cup, uh, which saw them go to Europe. And uh, I was surprised to see him be let go. Uh, but it's a good good reinforcement move for Alashkert, in my opinion. And then secondly, Levon Bayramian, who is, of course, Horik Bayramian's younger brother, uh, who is in the Krasnodar Academy, uh, is now and has played for Krasnodar 2, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. very regularly starter for Krasnodar 2, uh, is now playing with Alashkert. So What's with really, us really in Krasnodar? <laughs> uh, Krasnodar is a lot of Armenian roots, um, a lot, as Ottoman would very happily tell you if we had time in this episode. <laughs> uh, no, it's more of a sitting outside and this kind of like not playing for the main squad is yes. what bothers me. <laughs> yes. Um, also, Armenian Premier League side, Sevan, have been making some reinforcements, uh, including some of your best friends, Armin. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sevan FC is building what I call a lake fortress. Why is that? Because... As you might know already, I'm all about defensive work. Well, Sevan already had as captain 
former Armenian national team, and actually Shedev Tiraspol from Moldavia, centre-back Artem Khachadurov. So they're going to be calling in a few big defensive guns like Artur Danielian and Artur, another Artur, so many Arturs in Armenia, Artur Kardashian. Those are two class defenders, Armenian, of course, that will be joining also class Armenian defender Artem Khachaturov. This is going to be a very exciting team for me that is going to give Kaparos more options defensively. The APL is picking up its game. It's going to be, in my opinion, as someone who hasn't considered the APL a good league, now it's becoming good. It's becoming mm-hmm. exciting. Everyone should watch the APL. It's this is the year. Well, speaking of the APL, thank you for that beautiful transition, Armen. My pleasure. We have some news. Gonzasar Kapan is back in the Armenian Premier League. Uh, they were originally yes. declined or denied the opportunity to rejoin the Armenian Premier League after withdrawing mid-season uh, due to the uh atrocities in Artsakh, as we can probably refer to them now. But the Armenian Premier League now has a total of 11 clubs that are going to be competing this season. Um, and I will go through that list right now. So we have Ararat Yerevan, Ararat Armenia, Alashkert, Bekma, which we are really excited to have Bekma in the Premier League, Noah, Noravank, Punik, Sevan, Urardu, Van, and now, of course, Gonzasar Kapan. There is a very, very big name missing from that list, uh, Shirak Gyumri, oh, who has yeah, been relegated and will be playing in the second division. It is now confirmed. By the way, uh, for those who don't know, Shirak is one of the biggest, like one of the big three in Armenia. Yeah, it is really surprising to see that happen. I, I thought, especially considering how Lori had withdrew from the league, and what happened with Gonzasar, I didn't think that the Federation would relegate Shidok, but they did anyway. So it's very confusing. But anyway, big, big, lots of teams in the Armenian Premier League. It's going to be awesome. A lot of games to watch, a lot of games to play. Um, and hopefully we can get some more exciting football, better competition. And as we always say, all the games are available live to watch on YouTube. So if you're not subscribed and, to the... And, yeah. And actually, most of the teams are actually going to be pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, look, Ararat Yerevan is going to be awesome to watch. Uh, Alashkert, we, you know, it's an aging team, but Alexander Grigorian is a fantastic manager. Bekma, you're looking at pretty much the Armenia under-21 national team. Yeah, playing Urad, every... Armenia under-25. <laughs> yeah, so you're looking at the U21 national team. It practically joined the Premier League, which is awesome. Uh, Noravank, who is going to be great. Sevan, who we just previously mentioned. Punic is in that rebuilding stage. Urardu with a, a great manager. Uh, Van was surprising last Van season. Van was very surprising with a good start last season. And hopefully a nice new look Gonzo yeah, side. Man, I hope Gansasar, on, on one side, I hope Gansasar bring back, brings back some of the good talent they used to have before they broke down during the war mm-hmm. because they had a lot of talent. Uh, Geram Harutunyan, a very experienced striker that played in Kazakhstan and the Armenian national team under Kaparros, even 
uh, they had uh, Armin Hovannesian, our boy from uh, uh, Future Stars of Armenia, that played in Slovakia for two years. Uh, they had Uwe Marangulo, so mm-hmm. hopefully they can they can repatriate some of that talent. They, yeah. And now, on the other hand, there's Van that after Chirac's relegation, Van is basically the best side from outside of Yerevan. Yeah. So definitely APL is going to be great to watch this season. Lit. Highly recommend it. Everyone should be watching it because the level of football has gotten so much better and it's only getting better. So support the Armenian Premier League. Watch the matches. They're live streamed on YouTube at the FFA's YouTube channel. Each of these teams or most of these teams actually have their own YouTube channels where they post highlights, uh, behind the scenes stuff. I know which team was really good at that. I think it was Punic. Punic has like really good behind the scenes videos. Um, yeah. Watch all Punic that stuff. Punic and Noah. Punic and Noah. They have great content that they churn out on a weekly basis. Um, and to wrap up today's episode, uh, congratulations to Italy for winning uh, Euro 2020. They were uh, very famously in Armenia's group in the qualifiers, and um, they shouldn't have beaten us at home. I was at that match. That was the match mm-hmm. that. Uh, uh, Karapetian got red carded uh, erroneously um, and I could tell you judge just be from being there and seeing the game in person uh, Armenia were on the front foot and the red card really changed the game uh, and it could have easily been you know went from one all it could have Armenia could have easily yeah, won bro. that game even even Bonucci admitted there wasn't a red card yeah so uh, and, and <laughs> anyway congratulations to Italy for winning uh, yeah, who, did, was a, who didn't root for Italy, aside yeah, really. from the English fans? <laughs> exactly. I think everyone else wanted Italy to win. Uh, Chadens. I'm Armin. just waiting for September. Oh, what's September? Qualis. Our qualifiers. <laughs> I know. I can't wait, man. Oh, what is it, July? <laughs> We're in July. We're still in July. Come on. Less than two months, though. Oh, uh, yeah. It's it's in the first week of September. Yeah. So, yeah. So less as soon as September months. hits, we start. Yeah, and so. and there's a lot to look forward to during August too because we got Manvelian and Spertian. See if they can make it to their first squads, man. I hope they do. Yeah, I think and, they will. This uh, preseason, I, uh, I was gonna say before that our uh, this it's amazing that we're discussing players, uh, our our own players, and we're saying that uh, this player is in this camp and this player is in this camp. And and <laughs> such because it's it's amazing this thing uh, to be in a camp in Europe uh, going with your team uh, following that routine that they're doing is amazing. Yeah, and we haven't even mentioned um, right now the possibility. I believe currently training with the first team, Manuel Nazaretian uh, at Marseille. So that's another young Armenian player, goalkeeper. I'm so has, hyped for that guy. Has already been called up. Um, to the he's already played Armenia under 20 I believe so very much FFA already knows about him and he mm-hmm. seems very he's a very high asset person so that's another player and uh, Varujan Hovanesian is back in Spain already ready for preseason so uh, maybe you know he could be getting some second team action so a lot to be excited about when it comes to Armenia well that wraps it up um, stay tuned to us, to our Instagram, to our Twitter, to our podcast episodes. We will be wrapping up transfer window as soon as it closes. Um, if you haven't already, check out our interview with the FFA board member, Anna Tadevosian. It was a fantastic interview. 
uh, to pick the brain of someone who is a key decision maker in Armenian football, follow us on our social media, uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. It doesn't get posted on. Uh, someone <laughs> on Reddit had a thread and they were talking about how football Genshon should make a YouTube channel. And it's like, well, we have a lot of careers. It's a lot of work. Uh, <laughs> well, to the listeners, what we can say is just support us with what we're doing now. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be able support to support our beautiful voices. Yeah. Just, uh, just support with whatever you can, uh, share comment. uh, uh, try to, try to make us reach, to more Armenians as much as possible, especially until September. Yeah. Uh, when everything will be uh, blown back. Covered. Yeah. Yeah. Support and everything Armenian, baby. Yeah. Ask us yeah. questions. Ask us questions. Yeah, we free. love answering questions. Um. And yeah, so keep I mean, sharing. keep sharing, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, I don't think you want to see our faces anyway. We're pretty ugly. Um, our voices yeah, stay, are much better. Stay with our voices. <laughs> stay with our voices. Uh, and, yep, that's going to be it for Football Genshon. On behalf of Armin, Armin, oh my god, dude, I'm so... We're, we're adding new people. Oh. Yeah, Autumn, our new member, Autumn. We just keep on adding people. Uh, on behalf of Chanant and Armin and... Uh, Tito's not here. Briasco. Hopefully Bob can make it through. On behalf of Chanan's Armin and Briasco Balakia. <laughs> That's going to be all, guys. Goodbye. Thank you for listening.